All right, Justin, sing me a song that makes you feel like you're in a jigsaw trap. Wow. Hmm. Hmm. Uh. Actually, let's make that a little harder. And it can't be Nickelback. It can't be Nickelback. Okay. What about a uh, Hello Darkness, my old friend? I've come to talk with you again because the vision's softly creeping. Let this cease where I was sleeping and the vision that was planted in my brain it still remains. <laughs> How about that? Why does that make you feel like because you're caught in Jigsaw Trap? What's wrong sound with that of song? silence, man. What's wrong with that song? Well, I'm just saying, you know, the sound of silence, man, you can't, you know, there's nobody there. You can't, you're trying to ask for help and you, there's nobody there. Yeah, you're but trapped. I'm pretty sure you'll be screaming, though. <laughs> I don't think there's silence in any Jigsaw Trap. Well, that part is true, but, you know, there's a lot involved with it. Like, you you know, you get knocked, he knocks you out, and then, all right. you know, you're... You're drawing so, a blank, you're in the dark, and then all of a sudden you wake up and you're in this trap. You know, there is a there is an element of darkness with his methodology. Well, yeah, but but then you're also calling it your friend. So, <laughs> I mean, you know what, Justin? I'm actually going to give you a point for that. Because doesn't, like, doesn't Disturbed do a cover of that song? Yes, they actually do. Yeah, and I fucking hate it. So fuck that. So I get it. That song makes me feel like their cover of it makes me feel like I'm in a saw trap. So I get it. I'm just going to give <laughs> yeah, you the benefit like of the doubt that it's their version. Okay. <laughs> now, Justin, because this can't be just a normal one, and there has to be a twist to it now. Oh, no. Now, for you to keep your point, you have to play another game. Oh. And what that is, is I'm about to take a shot of tequila. So you have to sing a song that makes you think of a shot of tequila. But you get minus 27 points if you sing the obvious song. If I sing the obvious song. Yes, there's one song that it's incredibly Singular. obvious. And if you sing that, you get minus 27. Man, I really hope it's not. <laughs> Man, and I know the one that's in my head is going to be that one. I know it is. I know it is. I'm going to say it anyway. Shot, 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 You know what? Shots, no, that shots, was not shots, the obvious shots, one. Shots. Yes. You get, so you get two points now, Justin. Hell yeah. No, the obvious song is the dun, 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 tequila. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dun, 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 That's the obvious Yeah, that one. one. Okay. So there you go. You actually did not go down the bad route. Just like a saw trap. There you go. Whew. All right, Heather, what song makes you feel like you're in a saw trap? I'm really trying to think of one. It makes me feel like I'm in a saw trap. Um, I'm really drawing a blank. I can't think of anything. The only song I thought of wasn't because it makes me feel like I'm in one, but maybe it would work. The, the one that I thought of was, no, I'm not going to do it because I know you're going to give me points off for it. Nope. Um, do it. <laughs> Um, it was going to be, help, I need somebody, help, not just anybody, but you don't like the Beatles, so. I don't, but that actually wasn't the song I was thinking you were going to do, so oh. I guess I'll give you a point, because okay. I thought you were going to sing Cotton Eye Joe, oh. which is <laughs> the musical equivalent of a jigsaw trap. 
That is, I don't know why I, I didn't think of that. That really would have been so for you, the winner. Yeah. No, that's not the winning song, though. Now, Heather, for the for your jigsaw trap, there is one song that is the winning song. That is like my all time least favorite song in the history of ever. And I know I've brought it up on this podcast before. So with that, what is that song? Or you get minus five points. Oh man. Your least oh, favorite man. song of all time. Of all time. Okay. Of all time. Ooh. Um Don't Stop Believing. Is it that one? You get another point. Yes. I really didn't <laughs> know if that was going to be it, but... Because okay. that is the all-time worst song ever. Don't Stop okay. Believing by Journey. It was either that or it was a trick and it was going to be Cotton Eye Joe again. No. <laughs> Cotton Eye Joe is the musical equivalent of a saw trap. But ultimately right. it ends and I survive. But the okay. worst song ever in the history of ever being recorded is <laughs> Don't Stop Believing by Journey. And it's not even close. Like, the next closest song would just be any other song by Journey. <laughs> but it is always and forever will be Don't Stop Believing," And it's one of the reasons why just sometimes watching Glee was one of the worst things ever. Now, there was lots of problems, like, later and all this other stuff, but, God, they sang that song so fucking much. And every time they did it, it took every ounce of willpower I had to not shove it, like, a pencil down my ear hole. <laughs> and and by that, I mean an unsharpened pencil. So I'd have to use an unsharpened pencil to pierce my eardrum. Oh my. Just like a saw trap. Your own version of a jigsaw trap. Yeah. But, but the streetlights and the people. <laughs> okay. What about them? Damn, Madison? okay. <laughs> what about them? <laughs> but, I mean. They live in just a fine emotion. Yeah. I, I, sure, that is, could be the next lyric of that song. No one should actually know the next lyric of that song. <laughs> like, I truly I hate that feel... song. So I only really know Don't Stop Believing. Because, <laughs> like, that whole song to me is really is them just repeating Don't Stop Believing over and over again. <laughs> I literally don't know any other words in that song. And I refuse to ever learn them. I feel like now there should be a drinking in game involved. Now it's stuck in my head. Thanks for this. Good. Now you're like in your own little jigsaw trap. <laughs> you guys ready to, you know, move on now? Are we ready to cue that theme music? Yeah. Do it. Good. I'm doing another shot. Hey, Santa fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight, we will be talking about the newest movie in the Saw franchise, Spiral, The Book of Saw. We will talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between with this movie. We also will probably dive a little bit into the Saw franchise as a whole. As always, we will go spoiler-free recommendations and scores and then spoilers. Well, and then into a more spoiler-centric section, because I should say it the same every time. But I've been taking a lot of shots. 
So, now for a spoiler-free part, Justin, go. It's a me. Are you taking a shot every time you say Justin, or what's the code word where you have to take a shot? Oh, there's Is no code song? word. It's just every time I fucking feel like it. I had a long. And week I was going to gonna say, I'm just going. Yeah, I was going to say there should be some kind of drinking game involved with this one. I know. I wish it was every time somebody said Chris Rock, you'd be dead by the time I know, this I was is gonna, over. Well, yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, I'm what four shots in because I took two shots before we started. Yeah, no, I'm not. No, and I've got beer. We're not killing me. I'm just winding down. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're not killing you. You're not in the Saw movie. Okay. Anyway, uh, non-spoiler for Spiral. Well, man. Oh, what what where to begin with this? Uh, man, this is like, wow. I mean, I guess I can just say that from a certain perspective, like, like there are certain parts of this movie where I did feel like there was some ambition. I felt like there are parts where it seemed like it was trying to be more than just another run-of-the-mill Saw movie. I saw inklings of things and ideas that I did like in this movie. Ah, oh, but man, ultimately, it does just kind of devolve into everything that we've seen before. And I, I don't know. I, I almost feel like this movie kind of suffers from an identity crisis, which I'll get into a little more detail of that in the spoiler section. Um, But I feel like this is a movie that maybe had potential, like it had the right parts, but I really think that this is one of those movies where tone and direction and decisions in the story and the narrative and the decisions to do certain things with characters and not do other things with those same characters sort of killed this for me. So in the end, it just kind of winds up being like the last, you know, disappointing Saw movie that I saw. I mean, that's really just kind of where it winds up with me. And I didn't hate Chris Rock, even though there are times where I, I didn't like him. And then there were other times that I did like him in this role. And overall, I thought, you know, he did okay. The 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 supporting actors are okay. You know, the 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 story, uh, man, it just could have been better. And so that's kind of where I sit with this. Like I keep coming back to the word. Okay. Um, and that's about the effort that everybody gave. But then when you add up the things I didn't like about the story, I just fall on the negative side. So, so yeah, I know that right now this is a kind of a movie where the, the critics are, pretty much on the negative side and fans are more on the positive side. And I try to side with fans when I can, but I, I'm not with it for this movie. I think I'm going to fall more in the critics section with this one. So yeah, th that's about what I feel. I think this had potential. I felt like there was some ambition. I think I felt, I, I felt what Chris Rock was trying to do coming into this project, trying to, uh, take Saw in a new direction and trying to establish a new idea. But ultimately, the the way the story was told, the way that it was directed, and certain narrative choices, I just think, failed this movie. Heather, what about you? 
Yeah, I share a lot of that sentiment. Um, it's it's an okay movie. I I didn't hate it or anything, but it, it definitely wasn't like a revelation of a movie. Chris Rock, it it's um it's interesting because there are moments in this that I think he's really captivating. But then there's moments when he's really, I feel like he's very off. I feel like he has a very uneven performance in this one. But um, overall, just in general, I liked him. But he did have some some fairly uneven performance moments in it. Um, I do think that um, his um, his partner, I think his name is Max Mangella, Mangella, um, I think actually that he did a, a fairly good job in the role that he was doing. Um, I think that the, the overall story, the, the main plot of what they were doing, I think was a bit more coherent than a lot of the other saw movies or the movies in the saw franchise. I think it was more coherent and it was more focused on a specific, um, underlying plot of what they wanted to do with this, which I appreciated. And, um, you know, I think going on the ride for this where you're, you're finding out the clues and you're, you know, you're, you're getting the mystery aspect of, and you're trying to figure out what's going on and why I didn't hate that part of it. I do think that there, there are moments when it's good at being that mystery crime movie. However, um, I also, and, and, you know, maybe it is because of how many of these movies they've done, I'm a little bit over how gruesome they are. (laughs) And I know that that is a huge point of like what this movie is supposed to be or, you know, what, what these movies are. But I think I was just kind of over it at this point in the sense of how just very gratuitously violent and gruesome these movies are. Um, Yeah. Like there weren't, you know, like there are some where you look back on, a few of them and you're just like, Oh, that was a man. That was like a, not like a cool, like they just did cooler traps or like they did more interesting, I guess I should say traps and things like that. In other movies there, there wasn't anything really stand out about any of these. So it's, it's a, it's kind of run of the mill as far as it goes in the soft franchise, but at the same time, some elements of it are actually, they actually make it a little bit better um, in some ways. Not to say that's great. I mean, whatever, but it is, it's, I think it's a little bit on the better end of the Saw movies, but it's still only okay for me. So I saw this movie about six days ago. I still don't know if I have formulated a full opinion on it yet. There were things I liked. There were things I didn't. And it just so weirdly mixed those together that I don't completely know how I feel. I think I can safely say I like it better than maybe half of the other Saw movies. But I also don't know if I can really tell you why. Like, it's one of those things where it's just a constant conundrum to me in my little head. Yeah. I'm just kind of sitting here, like, really trying to get it together with it. I mean... One of the things I liked is the killer's purpose does seem a little bit more cohesive than we've seen in the past. And 
but then at the same time, oh, sorry, I had a cat crawling up me. Uh, but at the same time, it's still just a gigantic mess of fucking movie convenience. I thought Chris Rock was good in this. I didn't have any real issues with him as much as at times I think I had issues with the direction of it or the script with some of the things. I didn't really have an issue with any of his parts of the performance, but at the same time, I don't really think I liked anyone else, even Samuel L. Jackson. He's in this movie, and I can't tell you he gave a great performance. Honestly, I feel like he just played Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> mm -hmm. But he's also not in the movie a lot, so who knows? I mean, everyone else is just kind of there. They're all present in the movie. Um, I there there are, and I'll get into this a little bit more specifically later. But there are some times when they very much utilize Chris Rock's history of doing skits, kind of in this movie. And I don't know if I liked that. It felt like it kind of made sense, but at the same time, it kind of felt like a cheap ploy to just do that. So. Eh. It's just, it's just a very messy movie. Like, I feel like every time I started to like something, it would do something that was a little dumb or do something I didn't like and kind of make me start over with making it have to work to make me like more of it. Um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say right now. I'm going to leave it be at that. Uh, recommendations and scores? Yeah. Yeet. Recommendations and scores. All right, Heather, go. Um, I think if you have seen the other movies in the Saw franchise, I do think that you should go ahead and check this one out. As Sterling and myself both said, I do feel like they, this one is on the, the better end of the ones that they have. So if you're a fan of that, I do think, yeah, check it out. If you cannot handle a lot of gruesome violence um if you don't like horror movies in general things like that probably not gonna recommend that for you so um i recommend yeah i i say i recommend it if you if you enjoyed any of the other saw movies or you at least saw all of them um go ahead and just watch this one so i will say that much i will recommend but otherwise, it's really just kind of an okay movie. Um, it's easier to say it's okay right now based off of just comparing it with the other ones kind of in this franchise. But as a standalone movie, I don't really think that I could say it would be much better or much worse. So really just all around, it's a very generic, okay movie. So um, I am very middle of the road with this one. I'm going to give this, um, ugh, I'm going to give this 50, um, shards of glass being ripped into your back out of a hundred. Justin, what about you? I mean, I guess if, um, I'm kind of in a unique place with the Saw series because I saw the first three, I found the third one pretty disappointing. And then as the other ones started to be released, I just kind of was, it was one of those things where I kind of stopped watching them in theaters. And then the critic reviews just seemed to be getting worse and worse. And, and there were a few where the, the, the reviews kind of improved on them and stuff like that. But 
it just kind of became that series for me where I was like, you know what, I'll wait till I can rent them or I'll wait till I know somebody who has them or DVD or whatever the case may be. And then those days just sort of never came. And then the years went by and then there would be, I would be having conversations with people who'd watched them all. And I'd be like, and they just kind of really affirmed for me that eh, I'm not really missing much of anything. So I'm kind of in a unique place. I don't really have the entire series that I'm kind of comparing this to. So I, I guess that kind of gives me a unique perspective from you guys who have seen all of them. But even still, this I walked out of this just kind of shrugging my shoulders going, okay, well, I guess I really hadn't missed much of anything. You know, it just feels like, even to me, it felt a little like too much of the same and not enough of what it was trying to do to be different, which is why I think it had an identity issue. Um, but, But I guess if you're a fan of this series, I mean, there are, I guess, appealing things about this that'll bring you to it. First of all, I could definitely tell that more money went into this. Like, it looks better than a lot of the other Saw movies that I saw. Uh, and, and even the ones I can think of that I've seen clips of or maybe flipping channels and saw like a little bit of it. This felt like more money was 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 put into it. Um, it's got, you know, you've got stars in this. Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson, though... I didn't like all of Chris Rock's performance. He brings a different kind of energy and a different kind of vibe to this gruesome horror story. And you get some of that. If you like Chris Rock, if you like the vibe that he gives, if you like his acting, it's in there. You'll get some of that. You're going to get some kind of funny moments with his, uh, with the way that he words things and, and his wisecracking. You're going to get some of that. Samuel L. Jackson, if you like to see him cuss and speak with the diction that only Samuel L. Jackson can speak with, you're going to get that in this movie. So <laughs> there are some stars in this. There's some more money towards this. And so those things, I think, will add up to a movie that is a better quality than a lot of the other Saw movies. I could just tell that by the money spent here. But it's... Hard to recommend as a, so as another Saw movie, yeah, if you're a fan of that, I could see you watching this and, and liking this. I could see you kind of digging this. Um, it's got some improvements, but I can't in good conscience recommend this as just an in general good movie. That, I think it needs work. I think there are a lot of things that could be improved. And just narrative and direction-wise, man, I just wish maybe this was somebody else. Maybe what this needed was someone who hadn't directed any of the other Saw movies, of some fresh eyes, and somebody who was ambitious, maybe to come in here and kind of match Chris Rock's ambition. And so I don't know if we fully got that. So I can't recommend it as that, but um, as a fan, but if you're a fan of the Saw movies, you know, I could see you appreciating this more than the average person. So I guess that's where I stand with it. Uh, I guess we're going to give it, we'll go 45 severed tongues and body parts on a subway train out of a hundred. Um, you know what? I'm going to recommend it. Just because, like I said, it's better than half of them. 
And that's if you've seen all of them. But if you haven't, it's better than, like I said, a lot. I don't know. My, my cats are fighting right now. Um, I know, Batty. I know. It, that, that's kind of how I feel about this movie, too. It's just, like I said, while elements of it are more cohesive than a lot of the Saw movies, it's still a mess. Like, the motivation element seems more cohesive than most of the other Saw movies. But yeah, the rest of the mess of this movie is just identical to the rest of the Saw movies. Utter convenience. Like, and it boils down to convenience. That's what all Saw movies rely on, is just how much fucking convenience can we throw into one fucking movie? Like, I get it every once in a while. You do need an element of convenience. Because you can argue a meet cute in a romantic comedy is still convenience, you know? But, like, the yeah. mental gymnastics these fucking writers have to have to make these Saul movies work is just fucking mind-boggling, you know? Like, not only are these people just mechanical engineers of a god-tier level, like, they're also so adept at making them. They can then make them. Not only can they come up with the traps, they can make the traps. And then they can also throw the cops off. And they can do this and that and this and that. And I'm like, holy fuck, how much can these people really fucking do? Like, you kind of give a pass to somebody like a Freddy Krueger or a Jason or a Michael Myers. Because there's that element of, like, supernaturalness to them. I mean, especially Freddy. He's in your dreams. And same with Jason. But, like, Michael Myers still kind of has the element of he's a force of nature. Like, he's a, he's a horror movie version of John Wick. He's just force of will type of situation. Like, Saw movies, it's like Jigsaw and the person in this movie are like some weird bohemian god of convenience. And it's just something that, as the Saw franchise went on, and as this movie happened, it wears so fucking much on your soul. Just seeing it again. And I kind of agree with Justin. While this guy has directed some of the better movies in the Saw franchise, in 2, 3, and 4, there's also a reason why he stopped directing them after 4. Because 4 through 7, are, or 4 through 8, or fuck, 4 through 6 are the same fucking movie over and over again. I mean, it's just, I agree with Justin. I think what this movie needed was a different director to bring new life in it. If you're going to bring new life into the Saw franchise by doing a spin-off movie of the Saw franchise, you need a new director. I think that that would have fixed 70% of my problems with this movie just for the sheer fact that they would have gone, huh, let's not do the same shit over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have fixed it. Even if it fixed 30% of my problems, I think it just it would have been a vastly better movie. You know? But no, I, 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 I just, I agree. It, it needed something different, but it didn't quite get it. Although, I, I think I still liked parts of it more than you guys did. I'm going to give this movie 58. 58 clever wire references out of 100. Uh, spoilers? Yeah. Yeet. Spoilers. Are you saying yeet, Justin? Yes. All right, no, I just wanted to make sure I heard you right. That's all. <laughs> yes. Um, 
All right. Uh, was it just me, or was that killer just incredibly obvious so fucking early in the goddamn movie? Yeah, I mean, I would say at least like yeah. halfway through. Like, yeah, especially when it got to the scene of, oh, he got killed, quote unquote, but then they didn't show him in a trap. That was just way too obvious of a fucking giveaway. They didn't show him in a trap. Like Jigsaw just showed up and skinned mm. him randomly, but didn't put him in a trap. Come on. It was obvious. Just so fucking obvious that it was him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just kind of evidence of directing because the movie kind of plays like this one note sort of with those traps and those killings. Like we find a body, then we get a flash and we get to see what happened to the victim. So it was kind of playing to that pattern. And then when it gets there, like the you, you, one of them starts the tape recording and I'm thinking, okay, we're about to go in a flash. And then it just didn't happen. And I went, man, and like, like as soon as that happened, I went, it better not be his partner. It better not be his partner. And then when, and then when it was, I was like, man, <laughs> that, that was my exact reaction. Yeah. So yeah, I totally get what you're talking about. Like, and but but one thing, like I said, I'll give this credit, this movie credit for, is I liked the clear sense of motivation of the character, though of the killer, the whole wanting to stop corruption in a police force. I think it's very timely, and at the same time, a way clearer motivation than they've done with what Jigsaw's motivation was. I know Jigsaw's motivation was to force people to live their life to the fullest and to appreciate their life. But motherfucker, you can't physically maim people if they survive and then go, now appreciate your life now. Go go right. live life to the fullest after you cut off your hand. <laughs> Come live on. Live your life to the fullest and with all of your trauma. Exactly. You can't mentally scar people and give them fucking PTSD and then go, now you better go live your life. Don't go ptsd in. Because I'll fucking put you in a trap again. Like, in the third Saul movie, he picks a guy, and now, while well, granted, he doesn't actually physically do anything to that guy, he, but he takes a guy and makes him go through these series of traps to where he can choose whether or not to save people that were involved in the case of the guy that killed his son. But he's mad at that guy for being sad that his son died. Jigsaw's like, your son died, and you're still sad about it and not living life. Now you're going to play a game. Come on, fucker. His son died. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Let this man grieve. Like Jigsaw got just super petty about that shit. (laughs) Petty old Jigsaw. Man, Jigsaw ended up being so fucking petty about shit. He was like, you went to a nice restaurant and you ordered the chicken strips instead of getting something nice. You don't appreciate the life that you have. And then he kills them for it. Come on, Jigsaw. You can't be doing that shit. People live lives differently, man. Like, the first Saw movie I get. The second movie, it became kind of a stretch. Because it went from, like, him targeting somebody specifically and all this other stuff to, oh, I'm just throwing eight motherfuckers in this house. And then it just kind of kept progressively getting more and more people and this and that and this and that. Like it got the the message got so fucking muddled, and the reasons why he was thinking people weren't living their life was getting so fucking muddled, you know. Like 
What would yeah. Jigsaw do during the fucking pandemic? Would he get people because they're just living their life in a quarantine? Oh get the gosh, fuck out here, right. Jigsaw. Come on. <laughs> That's so true. Like, can you imagine like a like a pandemic style Saw movie? Like everybody would, just, would be his target. He'd be killing everybody except for the fuckers that don't believe it's real. Those are the only people that he would let live. And if anybody deserves to die, it's those guys. That was a terrible joke. Don't take that seriously. <laughs> but I'm keeping it in. But still, it's <laughs> his his message got so muddled and so poorly executed. And then like so much so that people that he would fucking torture would then go, you're right. My life's mission is to now torture other people. Motherfucker, is that really living life? Living your life so focused that you need to torture other people? Is that really living life? You're creating all these disciples, though, by doing that. Get the fuck out of here. That's why I said this movie was more cohesive in its message of why the killer wanted to do stuff. I get that. That made more sense than most of the Saw movies did with that stuff. And I appreciated that. The problem was is that everything else around it was just such a goddamn mess. Like, they were so weird about how they were like, these cops are dirty. But then, like, other cops that were dirty, he didn't even go after them at all. Come on, there was that one guy that was friends with the guy that got his fingers ripped off. And, like, the whole movie, they're together and talking to each other. And they were even together when Chris Rock's character got shot in that flashback. And why didn't he go after him? Why did he yeah. jump to exposing himself to Chris Rock? And then, like, you know, but he's made such a big deal of Chris Rock was a good cop. But then, like, Chris Rock was also really good friends with the shitty cop. Isn't that also the whole thing you got to worry about sometimes when people talk about things with the blue line with cops? Is that they'll stick together with their friends? So while he might have yeah. outed another bad cop, but would he have outed his friend that was a cop? So you still kind of run into the same fucking problem. But the killer had kind of accepted him as being a good cop because he told on the guy that killed his dad. And also, what was all that shit about Article 8? Oh, they're like, oh, ever since Article 8, you know, all this other stuff. So apparently this city just has its own rule that cops can just go fucking murder people left and right. Also, what <laughs> yeah. city was it? I know it was New York, but what the fuck kind of city is called Metropolitan? <laughs> and also... Can we quit having movies in fucking New York that are just everybody's hot movies? Can we stop doing that? That has been a weird trope of cop movies based in New York since like 1967. Oh, you mean like with there's like no air in the exactly. department and everyone's Everybody sweating. Everybody is just sweaty constantly and commenting about how hot it is. Can we stop that trope? I know we've done a trope episode before. <laughs> And I guess I never realized that that's really a trope, but holy fuck, is that a trope? And I didn't realize how much I don't give a fuck that they do that in movies, like that it's just so fucking pointless and dumb at this point until this movie. Because I think it actually had gone like six years since they had last done a movie like this with that trope in it. But man, when it came back, they brought it back with a fucking vengeance. Like it's been a long time since I've seen them do the whole like chest sweat on somebody. You know, they always do the underarm sweat <laughs> with their hot, but they were doing the chest sweat hotness. Get the fuck over it. Let's stop this shit. And it didn't serve any purpose at all to anything else None in the story. whatsoever. 
there was I thought zero that was going to play a factor like in one of the torture things and it did not. Yeah, none. And also one of the problems with the traps in these movies were were any of them actually escapable? Really? Like going into convenience. How did he in the very first kill get that guy to wake up exactly 2 minutes before that train was going to come so his message made sense? <laughs> yeah. Also, in the guy that was in the water tub that had to like rip like open his or had to close his mouth to get his fingers ripped off. How did he know that he would wake up in time that the water wouldn't touch those wires? Right. Because that water was going while he was passed out. And then how did also like the one with Samuel Jackson, how did he know that he was going to show up with enough time to where Samuel Jackson hadn't bled out yet? Yep. See what I mean? Mm -hmm. Convenience. Also, Name one cop ever that's going to climb down into a sewer tunnel to catch a purse snatcher. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that too, yeah. Even the most Steve Roger motherfucker of cops isn't going to climb down into a <laughs> sewer with no backup for a purse. At that point, you go, sorry, ma'am, he got away. Maybe you can right. give us your credit card numbers and we can track him that way. That's what you say at that point. You don't climb down that fucking ladder. And you know what? You can have your issues with cops and all this other stuff. But would anybody ever actually blame the cop for not climbing down into the sewer? I don't think so. Right. I'm still laughing because you said Steve Roger. <laughs> even the most Steve Rogers of even, cops. <laughs> even that, the one, no, you have to repeat exactly how you said it. Even the most Steve Roger motherfucker would not go into the sewer. I'm sorry, man. Am I, I wrong though? I popped. I popped big on that. Am I wrong though? <laughs> no. Oh man. Oh, that was funny. Come okay. on, dude. I mean, I'm talking on. about that JJ like, Watt motherfucker case. that do the right thing, <laughs> help old women across the street. You know, eat your apple pie type shit. Come on. Worst case, Steve Rogers would have just been like, I'm going to spend the rest of my days finding who did it. <laughs> but otherwise, no, he wouldn't have chased him down that tunnel. Yeah. You know, they, they ain't going down the tunnel. That's all I'm saying. And also, how long is that man's fucking tongue? Like, <laughs> that tongue was very far out there. Like, I get it, because the whole point of the trap is you have to go far enough back on the tongue that he couldn't just rip it out a little bit. To where it would split the tongue, you know? So you have to go far enough back that it wouldn't split the tongue. But, like, that motherfucker's tongue was, like, nine inches out of his mouth. Come on. <laughs> and, like, and then the whole thing with the lady cop when she was, like, getting the wax poured on her face and all this other stuff. And she had to, like, like, that's a dumb trap. Because what if, like, when the wax first started pouring, if she just jolted back and, like, hit the thing? Yeah, she'd be paralyzed, but then the trap would be over and it wouldn't be because she learned a lesson. <laughs> It'd be because, oh, she's physically getting burned. Right. Yeah, that was a dumb trap, I thought. The only trap that I thought was kind of effective was the one with the glass. But even then, what kind of fucking glass was it? That glass was going into like concrete walls. What the fuck kind of glass was they shooting? <laughs> The Steve Rogers of glass. 
It was. That was Steve Rogers' motherfucker glass. <laughs> like, it was just preposterous. Now, I will say this. I liked that original Saw fake out at the beginning of that scene, though. When he wakes yeah. up. No, that's good. He's handcuffed yeah. to the pipe, and he's got that saw with him. I liked that little homage joke to the first Saw movie. Mm, I thought that was one, yeah. so solid, you know, especially when he's like, oh, hairpin, unlock. So solid. Right. I thought it was great. Yeah, no, that was good. I loved the, uh, I loved the reference to The Wire. I loved the reference to The Wire they did with this movie. <laughs> it was so great. Like, oh, you've been watching The Wire. Oh, I loved it. But like, like I was saying, so much of this movie is convenience. So much of this movie. Like, and the guy even halfway comments on it when he's like, do you know how hard it was for me to make sure I got assigned to be your partner? Motherfucker, why was that ever a part of your plan? That is like... Yeah, why did he need to be his partner? Yeah, it's just in general, that's so dumb. Like, just so much of this movie was convenience after convenience after convenience that it just felt dumb at so many points. Like, I would have almost preferred if it was just some random motherfucker that you didn't know who the killer like the killer was not a character in the movie until the end i would have definitely preferred that and if they really just had it what they kind of hinted towards a lot but they never lit fully develop would be that chris rock was this guy that like cops hated but he was the one tasked with solving all these cop murders and him like knowing these cops were dirty and stuff like that but then still wanting them to not, like, you still don't want a serial killer like this happening and just kind of slowly devolving into madness because of that. Like, they kept acting like that was going to be part of the movie, but it never really fully happened. And I wish they had just said, fuck it, and went there. Yeah. I will say this about the movie, though. Outside of blind spotting, the movies that we have talked about recently that have had corrupt cops getting their due justice, if you will. This is better than a lot of those. Yeah. Like I said, with the exception of blind spotting. Like, oh, what was that movie? Body Cam. This is hella better than Body Cam. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. You know. But, all right, I'm going to end my part there for now. I'll think of some more. Uh, Heather, go. Yeah, and then, and mentioning that, too, about, like, speaking to the motivation of um, the killer, and um, I forget his name. Char Charlie? No, Charlie was the son's name. What was no, the Charlie guy's was name? the dad. Or the dad, I'm sorry. Yeah, Charlie um, was the dad, but he, he fake said it was the son's name. Yeah, Will, Will, Detective Will. Yeah, so, I mean, speaking to his motivation on that, too, like, I think that is why what you're saying, like, I think that the motivation works because he's speaking from that personal experience of, oh, this happened to my dad. So when he says the line of like, yeah, what do cops do? They shoot and then ask questions later, you know, like it worked with, it worked for him to be able to, to use that as like his motivation, just the whole thing. And like, when he said that you're, you know, like he's speaking from a place of like, no, I, I know that that's what they do because that's what happened to my dad. So I agree. I think that his motivation for it was 
I, I get it. Like it was, it was more cohesive. Um, I do think, I actually think that um, Max Minghella, who plays Will, I think he, I honestly think that he did a really good job on this. Like, yeah, there's of course the convenience and the actual, how they wrote some of the story that isn't great and doesn't line up. But I think his performance, there was just something about him that I liked in the role. And I think part of it's because he, he was, um, I don't feel like he was like trying to overact or overprove something like he was just kind of laying out the facts of like, Nope, this is what it is. And this is why I did it. So here's what I want from you. Like it just felt more, um, I guess natural. And he had some, there was something about him, like some kind of like smugness about him that worked in this role. So it like he was, I feel like he, he was able to get away with playing this villain masked as a good guy because he had that like charisma about him that you would see in like serial killers, right? Where it's like they are charismatic and charming enough to make you believe that you can trust them. And then they go all out and they, you know, murder spree or whatever. And I think he had that quality about him. And I think that's why I think he did a good job in this role. Um, so I actually, I liked his performance. I thought he did a good job. Um, the, I don't know. I do think the, and, and, and kind of also what you were talking about with like the convenience of it and yeah, like his whole, Oh, like you don't know how long it took for me to, you know, get into this and then become your partner. Like how did he, how would he have even known that the captain would have just assigned him for this? You know what I mean? Like, from what it looks like is he, Chris Rock, went off on, you know, his own little thing. And he he went rogue and did what he wanted to do and got in trouble for it. And she was like, no, I'm tired of you doing that. I'm giving you a partner. Like, how was he going to know when that was going to happen and that he was going to be the guy assigned to him? You know, it's just like that convenience thing of like, you wouldn't have been able to know that they were just going to randomly choose you for that, you know? So <laughs> I, I just, I think that that's not, you know, cause they were just like, Hey, there's that new guy, right? Yeah. Let's have him be the partner. Like how would they have known that? And how would he have known like that day or at that time or that span of time? Like, Oh, I know what's going to happen. He's going to go off and be rogue. And then I'm going to get to come in there and be his partner. Like there's just no way he could have really, I mean, he might be meticulous, but meticulous enough to, like, predict that that would have happened. Yeah, it's definitely a convenience thing. Um, yeah, so it, it just, I, I did see a lot of that in there as well. Um, and I actually think Chris Rock, in the beginning part of this movie, I thought he was doing a good job with his performance. Like, you know, when he was pretending you know, to be a bad guy and he was undercover and he was like doing some jokes and whatever. And then when he finds out that that one cop got killed, that was his friend and his reaction to that, I thought that was good. But then there were just some moments in there where it felt very forced. Some of his like reactions to things. And it was a little bit jarring because I'm like, I just saw you in the scene before this and you were believable 
And now suddenly it's like your whole performance changed. It was just, it was uneven, but overall, you know, I, I think he was okay overall, but just there were moments where it just felt so quick of a change of like, I mean, what happened? You were, it felt like you were a completely different actor in that last scene than you were in this one. So that's where I'm coming from, from, from that end of it with Chris Rock's performance. Um, I mean, honestly, yeah, kind of like we talked about, like, you're right. Some of these traps, you're like, could you even escape these? Like, would there have even really been a way for this to have been escapable? And I mean, like you were saying, just some of them were, it, a lot of the problem of this movie is the convenience. And if you think about it, it's probably the same in all the other movies too. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. There there was just something about this one where it was just more noticeable maybe, or maybe because we had been prefaced on so many other ones that we had seen that we expected that it would be convenience for this. But um and then again, too, uh, when we're talking about tropes, like I am really like tired of also hearing the line of, hey, he killed one of our own. We got to get this son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> just like that is like the line you use when a cop is killed in any kind of movie. And I'm just like, OK, let's it just sounds so cheesy and scripted, even if it's, you know, it fits with the story. I'm just like, OK, I'm really tired of hearing this line. And then also the idea that, like, the guy that was Chris Rock's old partner, that he ended up, um, you know, ratting out, so to speak, or, you know, getting him put in jail for killing Will's dad, apparently. Um, like, I do, I do get the idea of, you know, there's a code in the police force of, like, you know, you got each other's back no matter what. But it was just the idea that, like, it was expected that it it didn't even matter that he had, like, completely murdered innocent people. He was just like, yeah, I spent so much time in jail because of you. And it's like, no, it's because of you. You went around and you killed innocent people for no reason. Like, you're mad at me because I didn't want to allow you to get away with that just because we were both cops and we were partners. Like... It just, it was kind of like really stretching like the, like his reason for being so upset at him and being like, you just stabbed me in the back. And it's like for turning in a murderer, <laughs> you know? So it was just kind of like a very blurred line of what is the code that we should be respecting as cops versus, you know, hey, you crossed that line and I can't back you up on this. But it just felt like it was so over the top, like, that he would be that, like, I can't believe that you would come here and you stab me in the back and all this when you're just like, but you killed an innocent person. You killed many innocent people. Like, it, it was just a very, like, stretched thing that it's like, is that really the mentality of police where it's like, it doesn't matter if I did something just the worst, most terrible thing you're my partner and you should support it even if it's the wrong thing, you know? So it's just kind of like that. That's sort of what they portrayed in this film of like, but it doesn't matter that I killed an innocent person. You have completely turned your back on me 
because you told someone that I killed innocent people. <laughs> it, it was just very weird, but I just had a problem with that. Like just the, the idea of the cops in this movie, just thinking that like they were all above, above reproach and that it, it wouldn't matter. And I mean, maybe that's the mentality of police officers or a lot of them, but just, I felt like they were so extreme with like what they expected their partners to back them up on in this movie, if that makes sense. So that was just a couple of things that were really off for me other than just the, you know, the, the traps were just very run of the mill, (laughs) which is weird to say, because I mean, they're all terrible and very crazy traps, but there, there was nothing super, um, I guess surprising for lack of a better word for what they did with some of the traps in this one. Um, it's always hard to see them, but you know, it's just, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think, I I mean, and the thing is with this, I have seen all of the movies in this franchise. I kind of, and it's a weird thing to say because like, I have like a, I have like a somewhat sentimental, like, sentimental thing with these movies not because i think they're so great but just because like i have a a late friend who like loved these movies and like would coordinate holidays just to like mess with people and like do these funny like jigsaw videos to like she was really really into these movies and i think in that regard like i just appreciate like people who get really into these like it's just entertaining to see like how intrigued they are with the plot lines of these movies. But all that being said, I have seen all of these movies and I just think that like, man, like there's just at this point, you shouldn't really be surprised with any of the like gory, weird, gruesome things that happen, but they really try to up it every time. But by upping it, you're kind of lessening the quality of the kill at the same time just because you're trying to do too much with it. And like, that's why I think the first movie was so good in the way of like, yes, it was gruesome and it had all those things, but it was a little bit more simplistic. I mean, it's two guys in a room trying to figure out this thing, like for most of this movie. So it's, there's a simplicity in what they started out with versus like now they just go so crazy. Every movie is just kind of like trying to level it up even more. And it just kind of lessens the value of what's actually happening in those violent moments, if that makes sense. So yeah, but it's just, eh, I don't know. Again, it is one of the better overall storylines from the Saw franchise movies. So And for that, I I do give it credit and I do think it did some things better as far as telling the story and what the story was about. Kind of like what Sterling said, it's very timely, but it's still just a mess. Exactly what you said. Like, it's still messy. It's like you have your baseline story, which is good, but how you're trying to build the story is still done in a very messy way. So that's why it's still even though it's on the better end, it's still just only okay. Yeah. And that reminds me of something. Whenever he goes and talks to his partner in the church and his partner's like, I learned how to take responsibility for my actions, but it's your fault. What the fuck was that? (laughs) No. Yeah, exactly. 
It was just like, like did you learn anything? He d- directly <laughs> says, I learned to take responsibility for my actions, but you're the one that put me in jail. Right. No, motherfucker. Exactly. It was the fact that you shot somebody. Like, it just was so weird that it wasn't like, I would understand it more if they did the whole, he went there and pl- like played that he was like, I learned how to take responsibility for my actions and all this other stuff. And then later in the movie or something was like, no, you're the one that put me in jail. You know what I mean? Like, don't do it all in the same conversation. Like he literally, it felt like he said those lines back to back. Like I learned how to take responsibility for my actions, but you're a dirty rat who put me in jail. (laughs) Yeah. And then also going back to convenience, why was the ex-partner who went to jail why was his badge still able to log into the security system? Why? He was a convicted criminal. Why would his like key, like passcode still work? And then also on top of that, why do you let just employees be able to log into your security system and edit footage? What sense does that make, yeah. especially for a police department? They don't even let you do that at gas stations. Why would you let them do that at fucking police departments? It makes no fucking sense. Anyway, Justin, go. Yeah, so, um, I mean, uh, I guess just to maybe start with some things that I liked about the movie, um, kind of some of the things that I alluded to. This movie had a bigger budget. So, like, I I really think think that the budget did it. This budget, this budget was only 20 million. I think some of the well, other Saw movies had more, like more than the first Saw, yeah. But twenty million was all they got for this one. Hmm. Well, then they must have had a very impressive art director and just um and a cinematographer because I really liked the look of this. You know, there were scenes that I thought looked really good. Um some of the camera work and stuff when they would do the traps and stuff like that. It, to me, it just looked, and maybe this is just because I'm so far removed from the ones in the series. So maybe this doesn't look, or maybe this is comparable to like the later saw movies. But to me, it felt like it was a, an improve, an improvement visually. So I thought, so it just felt like this was more expensive. Like they had a better art director. They had um, a better cinematographer on this, but I could be wrong. Um, You definitely, I think, had some better acting with this. And like you guys talked about um, Max in this, uh, Detective Shank, um, who winds up being our killer. I thought that he did have a good performance. I thought that that was a solid performance from him. You know, you've got Chris Rock, you've got Samuel L. Jackson. They've got a certain charisma and everything like that. So this all felt like something of higher quality. And and like you guys touched on with the the um with the whole uh, crooked cop trying to clean up. You know, using kind of the jigsaw method to try and clean up the police force and get rid of all the rotten cops. I I didn't hate that premise. And that is forward thinking. That is very timely for today. 
So I can kind of see what Chris Rock and the rest of the team, I can kind of see what they were shooting for. All of those things are very ambitious things. But this is the reason why I think that this kind of suffered from kind of an identity crisis. Because on one end, I felt like it it was trying to separate itself from uh, the other Saw movies with more serious issues like this, like cop corruption. Oh, no, there's this new law, and now it allows cops to kind of, you know, basically be the old West and do what they want to do. Oh, there's this, um, you know, that this one uh, kid saw his father be killed by a police officer, so that's where this vendetta comes from. You had this very interesting story about Chris Rock and... He's surrounded by a bunch of cops that don't like him and don't trust him because he ratted out this um, dirty cop who was a friend of his, but he ratted him out and um, when he killed an innocent person. And so now, you know, you've kind of got he's got to watch his back against these other cops, but he's still trying to be a good cop. He's still trying to kind of uphold the legacy of his father and everything like that. So you've got this son and then the legacy of the father and all of that stuff. That to me is all interesting stuff. Dare I even say that is infinitely more interesting than the Saw stuff. Like I'd almost just rather see just a movie about that almost than um, the, the, the traps and this and that and the other. But I said all that to say is that that all seems like serious stuff. That's serious drama stuff. And that's like, to me, that that is, those are better storytelling ingredients. But at the same time, you couldn't delve into that stuff as much as you needed to because this is still a Saw movie. So that means we have to have traps and we have to have convenience and we have to have the um uh, an unveiled killer at the end and then we have to have these sort of familiar kind of now they're just kind of run of the mill kind of saw beats in this movie so we couldn't really delve into some of those ambitious elements like we needed to like the article eight just like you said sterling i still don't really understand what that is and i don't think the movie and the movie couldn't give us the narrative really to understand that you know we just get a quick bit People are saying things, oh, yeah, Article 8 kind of allowed us to be able to clean up the streets or whatever was said. It was just like a matter-of-fact comment. And then you see these cops just kind of killing people, and you're like, okay, well, what? Like, how does this correlate? Like, how did these cops go from, oh, we have Article 8 now? All right, now we can just kill people. That just seems like kind of a a stretch. And don't get me wrong, I mean— we're in the midst of of kind of a movement right now, and there's a lot of talk about police and their procedures and stuff. Don't get me wrong. I know that cops kill people, and and I guess maybe that's the unbelievability of it. And it didn't take an article for them to start doing that. They're, they're, they're just doing that, and there is no article needed to do that. You know, that's kind of what's being fought in our society right now. So, That wasn't very believable to me, but it could have been made more believable if the narrative had a way of kind of detailing what that was. And maybe you could have done that 
through the Samuel L. Jackson character, the the father in this, you know, Marcus Banks. But that's the weird thing about this movie. So much of this is based on the actions of the father, Marcus Banks, Samuel L.'s character. But he is in this movie so little. And that seems like such a mistake. Like, I felt like there's a better script where that character is a little more involved and a little more intertwined with what's going on rather than kind of being kind of he shows up here and there he gets kind of some cameo parts and then that's kind of it because a lot of this revolves around his decisions him being in that precinct during this article eight and different things like that um i think the the you know, they kept alluding to the fact that um, Chris Rock, um, there was a part in the movie where before um, Samuel L. gets captured, where Chris Rock is saying, yeah, you know, we're going to, me and my dad are going to kind of, uh, we're going to have a few beers and kind of go over this case. And that scene never happens because, of course, of what happens to Samuel L. Jackson and stuff like that. But man, I feel like it it could have used a scene like that with those two kind of going back and forth with this case and talking about it. And you could kind of see their different methods and how their personalities are similar, but different and stuff like that. Like, I feel like that could have been a strong scene for both of those two could have really gotten to do some acting probably would have been an entertaining scene with them going back and forth. Like the little meeting that they had where Chris Rock comes into his, um, house and then Samuel L is there and they kind of have a back and forth. That was entertaining. I thought that that was fun, you know? So I don't know, maybe we could have used another scene like that to kind of get to understand this uh, father a little more. And we get these flashbacks when Chris Rock is younger and stuff like that. But I don't know if those would have been as effective as just kind of giving us more of the Samuel L character. So I feel like, again, direction and storytelling that was kind of a mistake to me in this movie like i felt like and that's what i mean by uh, and i felt like that choice was made because this has to be a saw movie so we have to show a victim we have to show somebody trapped we have to do the i want to play a game and he had a pig costume i don't know i guess he was more of a pig saw than a jigsaw but um like but you know we had to do that stuff So, and that stuff just felt so familiar and like you guys, I think Heather alluded to it, none of those traps or any of that stuff stood out, but it's a Saw movie, so we have to do it. We have to give it that time. We have to have those elements in it, but if you're not going to really give us anything kind of spellbounding or anything about those elements, because you're like, okay, well, we wanted this to be less about the traps and more about this story with Chris Rock and all of this stuff. Well, you didn't do what you needed to do to flesh out that story. So to me, this movie doesn't really succeed at either. It doesn't succeed at being like this good cop drama. I'm chasing, I'm collecting the clues movie. And it also just really didn't succeed um, at being like, to me, like a, uh, 
in the even though you guys now you guys are saying it's better, so maybe my thoughts are a little bit different on this. But when I'm thinking about the first or second Saw movie, I don't think that the Saw elements really measured up to those either. So, and so in the end, you know, it's kind of like, what do you have? It's just kind of decent at some things, not so much at others. So that's kind of, I guess, why I fell on that. And like, like, and even in the pursuit of this, before we knew um, who was who and before we knew that his partner was the killer, I, I don't know. I never really felt that there was a sense of pursuit in this. Like, you never felt like, like, like Chris Rock's character was getting closer or that there were these kind of clues, like even some of the clues that were given to him and stuff like that. It was Max or Detective Shank, who we know was kind of the mastermind. He was kind of the one giving them to him. He was kind of the one kind of leading him and kind of being like, hey, I figured this out and kind of leading Chris Rock a certain direction, which I guess is fine because in the end, he is the killer. So he would do those things. But because you had to have that, because, again, we're 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 doing a Saw movie. You didn't get those elements of, well, he's going to catch this guy or he's getting closer. It didn't feel like that kind of a cop drama mystery either. So, yeah. And, and then all the stuff you guys said about the conveniences and stuff like that, all of that is true. You know, I was thinking a lot. I had a lot of the same thoughts like, OK, how did he how could he have possibly anticipated that he was going to be? Uh, Chris Rock's partner. Yeah, that was definitely one that stood out to me. And yeah, the camera stuff and all the camera manipulation and stuff. Yes, all of that was definitely there. And, and like Heather said, there's a degree of convenience that just kind of comes with the Saul movie territory. But in a movie that's kind of trying to be a little more serious, kind of address some of these kind of real world issues and things like that. I think it just got caught in the middle of, we have to do these saw things. So we can't do these ambitious kind of cool things that we set up in the movie. And then uh, when it comes to Chris Rock's performance, I just think really it's more of about like the facials and stuff like that. There were just some times where I didn't feel like his expression matched kind of what was happening or what the character needed to just sometimes mm -hmm. he just looked weird to me like now maybe it's just because it's chris rock i'm not really used to him in these more dramatic roles i heard that he had a dramatic turn in in the fargo series and i heard that he was really good in that i heard from somebody that that he that was a really good turn. So he, this is within his range. He has done other projects where this is in his range, but there would just be times where there were faces like one that definitely stands out was when he was talking to, um, the, the captain, uh, Angie Garza. And he was talking about when, when he was saying, I desperately need to be the, the lead on this case. And he was like, I really need this, Angie. I need this. And like his eyes are just wide open. And he's like, I really need this. And it didn't look like determined or like I, I just didn't feel like he had the face 
that that scene needed. Like, I felt like I needed a more determined face, like a more serious face. But when his eyes got big like that, and I mean, I guess when people get serious, sometimes that's what they do with their eyes. But to me, it just felt off. I don't know. I was like, I don't think I like that face, Chris. And then there was another one like that, too, where like... He was walking away from the scene and it was doing a slow motion camera and he's kind of got the squinty eyes and he's walking in blue steel. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And he's walking and I, I didn't really like his face there. I was like, I don't don't know if I I like, you know, I was like, I'm not feeling some of these facials from him, man. But overall, I did think he brought like an energy to the the project. Like when he was being funny, Chris Rock and kind of mixing that humor with the stuff, I think that it was good. But again, we didn't get much of that. You know, a lot of times what these what the scenes are is just people yelling at each other and you know, this is, you know, you're, you're messed up or you ratted me. Ah, or you did this. You need to believe me. Ah, nobody trusts me. Ah, there's a lot of yelling at each other in this movie. It's just volatile cops. They're hot, they're sweaty, and they're just yelling at each other. There's a lot of that, but I think tonally it was to one note. There weren't enough scenes of shit just slowing down and us getting to kind of just do some character work, do some character dialogue, different things like that. And again, maybe in a movie that is not a Saw movie, you would have had some of those things. You you know, I mean, this movie kind of gives me some Seven vibes. That's one reason why Seven is good, ultimately. And something like this will ultimately be forgettable. It's because, yes, you've got the the killings and the, the gruesome stuff, But there are moments in that where Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt are sitting are sitting and they're just talking to each other and you get character work. There are moments where like, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow and Morgan Freeman are talking to each other and you get character work. You get to feel like something different than just yelling, 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 blood, blood, gore, yelling, 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 and then we get to the end of the movie. And I think that that's kind of what happened to this, you know? And that's what I think it needed. And I think with a with a, a director with a different vision, somebody who hadn't done the Saw movies might have had more of those tidbits in there. Somebody, a, a director who uh, um, maybe would have had a different story, would, may, have, may have told this a different way. Maybe they would have saw Samuel L. Jackson as a little bit more of an important character to this narrative. Maybe they would have made some choices that this director wouldn't have made, and I think it would have just been a, a lot better. So, yeah, the, those would be just um, some of my biggest concerns with the film. You know, overall, I like I said, there's some ambition here. It wanted to say something different. It wanted to kind of revitalize this series, and I just don't think it quite reached those heights. Um. When it comes to Chris Rock having wide eyes when he's intense, I think that's just him. Because if you ever notice anytime he does anything intense in anything or wants to be serious or something like that, he opens his eyes really wide. That's just, I think, what his face does. 
in that scenario. Mm-hmm. I'm just going back to like when I've seen him like try to emphasize something in his comedy show or something like that. You know what I mean? Like his eyes open wide. That's just what he does. Um, I did look into the budgets though. Okay. So actually, Justin, we were both kind of right. 20 million ain't shit for a budget. $20 million is apparently a ton of money for a saw budget though. The first one was oh. a million. <laughs> the second one was about 2 million. Like the third and fourth ones, I think came in at 4 million each. Most of the rest of them were all at 10 million with the exception of saw seven, which is hands down the worst one. They randomly gave it like an $18 million budget. Hmm. So you're kind of right, Justin, like this had more money than the rest of the saw movies. This movie had more money okay. than some of the Saw movies combined. But, like, it's still, it's 20 million. That's a fucking nothing for a major release movie type of situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's why I thought that, because I knew this one was 20 million going, like, into this episode. I didn't know what the rest of them were, though. Well, I knew the first movie. I knew the first movie was 1 million. And I knew this one was 20 million. And so, like, when you were like, oh, I guess I had more money. I'm like, dude, it only had 20 million. That's eight shit. And then I looked him up. I was like, ah, no, that's a lot for a Saw movie. I get it. So, yeah, you were kind of right on that, Justin. Um, Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, No, I kind of agree with you, though, Justin. I think this movie would have seriously benefited from just... Actually, if, yeah, they had had that scene of Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson sitting down to dinner. Just something. Yeah. Yeah. And I really do think, and I kind of like, I know we, you referenced Seven, and I don't want this to be a Seven ripoff or anything like that, but where Seven kind of succeeds is that they don't know who the killer is. The killer wasn't in the movie until the end of the movie. That's desperately mm-hmm. what this movie needed. This movie did not need the rookie, you know, being the guy. It needed that char- And I'm fine with the character they chose. I'm fine with it being that guy's son. I'm 100% fine with that. It just didn't need to be the partner. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was the problem. You know? I think it just, it needed something different than that. Like, and I and I get with what you're saying with the pace of this movie, or the kind of the way they film this movie is like screaming gore, screaming gore, screaming gore. That is kind of par for the course for a Saw movie. This movie actually broke it up more than most Saw movies. That's what I think is funny, is you're saying it's kind of that formula. And I'm like, this one kind of broke that a little bit. It had a little bit more time between screaming and goring. <laughs> okay, so actually this one is a little more tame compared yeah. to some well, of the it, other it's ones. It's just because this one only <laughs> had like four traps. Like starting in like Saw 2, they go through like 18 traps a movie. <laughs> well, They're just like trap, trap, oh, trap, and trap, trap. You know, yeah, yeah, they're just throwing traps at you left and right, so yeah, they kind of calmed it down a little bit, okay, okay, and you definitely get that sense. Like, I did get the sense that they were like, Look, we're not gonna make this all about the traps and all this kind of stuff, we're gonna spend more time with Chris Rock and the partner and what they're doing. But I guess it's just one of those things where, even though that is the right idea, the execution, you know. I think if just slightly different decisions, that's the right way. That was the right path. But it's it's like you're, you're, you're going on the right path, but you still didn't arrive to the destination. You know, you stopped before you needed to, or you should have, you know, you didn't get gas and then you well, got on that long stretch and 
the car stopped before you could get there. It was like just you were one, you were a couple of good decisions away from really getting to where you needed to go. I mean, I kind of felt like they got to the destination, but like the car ended up at that point had no doors on it. The tires were shredded. The engine smoking. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I like that. I like that. They got to the end. Like the ending, I think is what they wanted. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of open-ended. Chris Rock can come back. That guy can come back. You know what I mean? They got there. Mm -hmm. It's just that car wasn't (laughs) even a car anymore. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, we were running. We were running and carrying the car. We were Fred Flintstone in it. We were just, you know, no wheels. Or maybe, maybe it was like in Talladega Nights when Ricky Bobby and uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's character, like they wreck their cars and they just start running towards the finish line. Like (laughs) they made it to the finish line, but like (laughs) the cars didn't, so it doesn't count as a win. Like it doesn't even count as a finish. Like that, maybe? Uh, yeah, that's tight. Good reference. <laughs> or do you remember in Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, when he ends up, like, the last time he ends up parking at, at that, like, place, and, like, it's the Jeep or whatever the fuck he's in, like, flips over 90 times and lands in the parking spot? And it's all crushed and destroyed and everything, but it lands there? Maybe it's like yeah. that? Maybe it's like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like you can't really drive the car out of the parking spot, but you made it. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I like the way you spun that. Yeah. You got there, you got to the destination, but the condition that you got there in. Yeah. I I like that. Mm -hmm. That's a great way. That's a great analogy for this film. Oh yeah. Oh God. I thought of another one. The ending of cool runnings. Like, when their bobs like it's all fucked up and they all have to just carry it across the finish line. They got there, but it's not a finish. <laughs> now I'm just going to be thinking about things like that all night. Yep, you are. <laughs> just how many of these other ones that I'm like, man, I should have said this one. Oh, no, man. I don't know if you could top that Talladega one, though. That was like, I think that was that was the gold standard right there. That was. I think it's because that was that the was first perfect. one that really popped in my mind. Yeah. You guys got any other thoughts about this? I don't think so. No, sir. Do you guys want to talk about the rest of the Saw franchise? We don't have to. I just said we might. So. I mean, I do. I do want to say I think that the second Saw movie is underrated like i actually that might be one of my favorite ones one and two are my favorites but it looks like two was not super well received but i actually i liked the storyline of that i liked that they had where it was like the room full of people that were all trying to figure it out instead of just like one person at a time kind of thing like i don't know i just kind of like it was a little maze that they were trying to figure out i thought it was a good one That was probably, I think, one of the better ones. I do think it was one of the better ones, but I do think that it has obvious issues, and I think it's because of how that movie was made. It's the same director as this one, who's directed, I think, four of the nine Saw Mm. movies. Um, But it started out as that guy wrote a movie, and they went, we don't want to make that movie, but we want you to work with James Wan and adapt it into being a second Saw movie. 
So when it started, it wasn't a Saw movie, and they adapted it to it. And I think that that's what adds to some of the elements of clunkiness in that movie, of trying to pigeonhole it into being a Saw movie. I do agree with you, though. I do think it is one of the better Saw franchise. But also, apparently, my view of the Saw franchise is very weird compared to like the like critic scores of this. Because it was just the other day that I found out that none of the Saw movies are rated fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. And that blew my mind. <laughs> because like we were talking about yeah. before the podcast, and I said this, I was like, I thought... I thought people liked the first Saw movie. Like, I thought it was a well-received movie. I thought it was, like, considered, like, an indie horror classic when it came out. And I know fans did, but I'm talking about yeah. critics, too. I thought everybody just considered that. I did not know that it was not a well-received movie critically until, like, this week. And that movie came out so long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a real surprise to me, too, because I don't even think I ever even met anyone or ran into anyone who didn't like the first Saw movie. Typically, when I talk to people, they're like, oh, yeah, it was good. You know, I, I really liked it. I haven't ran into a person who was like, I hated that movie, and then ran it at me on why they hated the movie. I haven't even met a person who, I, I don't even think I've had like that argument with anyone. So, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise that, it scored so low when I saw that for the first time, because I think a post was going around and they were like, the entire series of Saw is rotten. You know, uh, what do you think of the Saw series of blah, blah, blah? It was one of those posts from Rotten Tomatoes. And I was like, damn, even the first one? Because in my opinion, that ending of the first one, when you realize that that is not a dead body and he stands mm. up, to me, that was like one of the, to me, that is one of the most memorable endings yeah. to a movie. One of the greatest twists. Yeah. Yeah. That I've seen. Like, I still feel like that movie has that title. Like, it, it that was just such, to me, that was just such an awesome ending. I just hadn't, that was different. I just hadn't seen really anything like that. And then the music and then him finally shutting that door on him at the end. Like, I just really, I will never forget that ending and how it made me feel and how I just was like, oh, you know, it was like uh, like the emoji where the mind is being blown. That's literally how it was. It was just like, you know, I, my mind was blown. And like, I feel like this series, ever since that first movie, is just living off the legacy of that like i feel like that was just such an ambitious and just a surprise that th this franchise really has been made just off of that first movie and how memorable that was and maybe the critics you know and I, it's been a while since i've seen the first saw movie who knows what a revisit what, what i would feel like Maybe I would look at all the plot convenience. Maybe I would see some of these characters and maybe I would look at it a second time and go, well, damn, this is not as good as I remember it. You know, who knows? But I imagine by the time I get to that end and I'm going to be like, but it's still got that. 
<laughs> it's still got that. Well, you know, I just feel like maybe that's how I would walk away from it. But I don't know. I feel like ever since then, this this series has just been trying to give us that same feeling. And then it's almost like an M. Night Shyamalan type of deal where now you just kind of expect like since you started yeah. with that big twist, now you have conditioned your audience to expect that every time. And sometimes it's good, you yep. know, you're going to be like, okay, cool. I understand that. L- like this movie. I didn't yeah. think the, the, even though I saw it coming, at least the rationale was kind of cool. Oh, he was the son of somebody who got murdered by a cop. Okay. You know, I was like, okay. But then there are other times where you're like, really? That was it. Like, come on, man. Dude, like, that was really the, you know. The way they do it in some of those later Saw movies it's they do that in every Saw movie almost after mm-hmm. that, where it's like, oh, <laughs> they were an apprentice of Saw. Dude, they start going insane with that whole idea. And it's one of the reasons why mm. I absolutely hate Jigsaw, because that's the worst one. But like, dude, they, they are so crazy about that. But like, I agree with you. I've seen the first Saw movie relatively recently within the last couple of years. And... Yeah, there it has a lot of convenience and all that other stuff. But what I like about that movie is it truly hinged on the psychological fucked upness of what would you do in that situation, and mm-hmm. then yeah. making you go, "Oh, he's doing it," and like cringing. But it's that good kind of cringe you want in that type of horror movie. And then that oh fuck moment whenever he gets up, and like you said, that when it's all doing it, doing it. And like, and then he's like, yeah, stands music. up and shuts the door and shit. You're like, ah, oh, fuck, that is yeah. fucking iconic. That ending scene yeah. is fucking iconic. I don't give it a fuck who you are. It makes the rest, yeah, like it makes the rest of that movie. Any issues you have with it, like you're just like, it was worth it. Oh yeah, <laughs> this ending was really great. Yeah. And, and and also, that's an amazing song too for this. Yeah. It works it is. so fucking well. It's a great theme. It does. But, like, dude, they start doing it in the later movies, and it's all, you remember that guy that you saw five minutes into the film? He was my (laughs) doctor's chiropractor's mechanic, and he, you know, and I, he survived a trap 27 years ago, and now he's one of my apprentices. (laughs) It's that type of shit. You're like, fuck off. Yeah, Yeah, because this was the first, this was the first villain not directly connected with Jigsaw. Oh, yeah. This is the first time somebody doesn't have a direct connection to him. Dude, even in Jigsaw, when they're like, Jigsaw's been dead. Dude, they still end up doing it where it's a fucking, like, apostle guy. And you're like, Mm -hmm. ugh. It's so (laughs) fucking tiresome, dude. Like, and like, so that's one thing I did appreciate this. There was it was a connection name only. Like he was just inspired by the guy, but he was a copycat. Like I said, just have him. You could still have him be the fucking son of the guy. Just have him fucking show up at the end of the movie. It's fine. Like just right. that's all they needed to change as far as that aspect of it goes. They need to change some other shit. But as far as that aspect goes, that's what they need to change. But like, yeah, dude, the amount of shit. Like I, it was a breath of fresh air though that he didn't go. You know. Yeah, I'm that guy's son, and Jigsaw saved my life after, you know, that guy killed my dad. And you're like, oh, thank God they didn't actually tie him into Jigsaw. 
Yeah, or like I, I was yeah. his apprentice was my mom or something. Yeah, yeah. I was so worried that that was going to happen, dude. So fucking worried. Yeah. Like, spoilers for people who haven't seen this, like any of the other Saw movies or any of this stuff. And I'm going to spoil a little bit for you, Justin. I don't really give a fuck at this point. I've had well, a ahead, lot man. of shots while I wasn't talking. <laughs> um, <laughs> dude, what's his name? Carrie, Carrie Yules. I don't never know how to say his net last name. The guy from Ellis. Prince of Price. That guy. Yeah. The guy from the first movie. Dude, he's an apprentice of Saul by like Saul 7, dude. He's an apprentice what? of Saul. Yeah. It's dumb. It's the worst. Yeah. He comes Ooh. out of nowhere and it's all. <laughs> dude, it's fucking terrible. Dude, there's no. one of the Saw movies in there that was like a guy gets tortured by Saw because he faked being a Saw victim before. Like, it's, dude, they. Oh, have yeah. No yep. ideas at a certain point in this movie. Like, it really but like those movies really just become how fucked up can we make the traps and like and they're so weird there's one of them where it's like you're fat so if you cut off enough of your fat you'll survive this trap or some shit like you have to get he had to get rid of us like 15 pounds of his body and put it on a scale to stop the trap or he'd die that type of shit and like yeah and then the girl, like, she didn't really have any body fat, so she had to, like, cut off her arm or something, yeah. right? <laughs> you know? And, like, there are times I kind of, like, I kind of can get behind some of the stuff. I want to say it's, like, Saw 4, where, like, if everybody had worked together through the traps, yeah, they would have gotten cut a little bit, and they would have gotten hurt a little bit, but they all could have survived. Yeah. But because they didn't, at the end, there's no way to even survive type of situation. Right. And I kind of appreciated some of those things. Like that's a cool premise. I really dug the premise. Mm-hmm. But then like when you watch it, you're like, no, it's shrouded in messiness. Yeah. yeah. You know, and dude, you've got saw apprentices that don't know other people are saw apprentices that are then betraying other saw apprentices <laughs> that are like, it's so fucking crazy, dude. Like, by the end of it, wow. his ex-wife comes in and then becomes a Saw apprentice herself. And this is like... Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah, and it's like... And and, and Jigsaw died, like, four movies before that. Right. <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? You How remember is he the one that Megan Good was in? Out? I don't I almost remember. forgot Megan Good was in that. It's I think it was the one where they all had to work as a team. I think and so. And then, like, she gets, like, electrocuted in the bathtub or something. Yeah. Just like real random stuff. Yeah. Like it but it gets it gets rid of that truly like and they're throwing so many at you so fast that like it doesn't let you dwell in the psychological torture of it all. Like that's what works about the first Saw movie is you get, you know, yeah. you get abridged versions of a couple of those traps. But what was really great about that one is for the most part of that movie though you're sitting with that whole, what would you or would you not do with the whole cutting your foot off trap? You spend mm-hmm. so much of the yeah. movie in that trap that it fucks with your head. And that's what made it great. Yeah, I agree you know, with that. You get, the, you get the flashes of the other ones. You know, you get the one of the guy crawling through the barbed wire or whatever. You get the one with the, with the reverse bear trap. You know what I mean? You get those. And they go through them real quick because they want to set the tone for what this guy does. I get it. 
but so much of that movie is spent in that trap. And like there are movies later on though, where it's like a person has to go through nine traps because they like cheated on their taxes once or some shit like, or they're sad about their dead son. Yeah. yeah like what? <laughs> he gets more <laughs> for that. That's ridiculous. You know? And then like when Saul's like, I don't kill people. Other people do. But really you kind of do though. Like I, right. I kind of hated that logic when he's like, I don't kill people. They kill themselves or whatever. <laughs> no, dude, you're the one that put the bear trap on their head. You can't say exactly. they killed themselves because they didn't dig their eyeball out or some shit. Couldn't get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Which is exactly what his whole thing is. Like, yeah. choose this terrible thing or that terrible thing. Which one? Yeah. Like, you didn't dig your eyeball out, so you killed yourself. No, motherfucker. You killed him because he didn't dig his eyeball out. Get it straight. But that's one thing I'll say about this movie. I like the fact that this guy was like, oh, no, I'm a murderer. Like, he yeah. had no qualms about it. He was like, oh, no, I murdered them. Yeah. So I did appreciate that. And he also that. didn't, I also like that they didn't use the jigsaw voice for this because he wasn't, like, associated. So he was doing his own thing with it, in a sense. I, I get what you're saying with that, but it did make me miss that voice, though. <laughs> like, I do, that's, that is one of the things that makes those movies at least somewhat watchable is that, would you like to play a game? Like, I can't do that voice. Yeah. But you know what I mean? That voice, you know? Like, that voice makes it work. But, like, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. At least they didn't have him do that voice, and he's just like, oh, no, I know nothing about it. I was just kind of ripping off some of his shit. Like, right. <laughs> at least they didn't do <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> but I yeah, mean, like, it just... Yeah, there's... I mean, I remember there was... I want to say it was the the saw final chapter i don't know there was one where the opening scene of it is like these oh, guys wake up off. in front of a storefront do you yes. remember that one okay so it is it's saw seven oh. it's the final chapter so these two guys wake up in a glass box like in front of a store like in the middle of like a shopping like in like new york yeah. with people around like you know what i mean like daytime yeah. yes daytime wake up in a box <laughs> and the curtain comes off the box and all these people are standing around and then he's like would you like to play a game and then you find out that both of these guys were in love with this chick and she was cheating on both of them and all this other stuff and a crowd of people stop and watch this woman get murdered like and film it yeah like they have the choice of they could do something and like cut off their own hand and she would survive or they could let her fall onto this saw and die. And they're like, no, fuck this bitch and kill her. And like, dude, you have right. people outside like, kill her, man, kill her. It's so dumb. That's and they're like filming this. Starts. And then that didn't wow. even have any relation to any other murder in that one, right? I don't think. I don't remember, though. Yeah, see, the, and that's the thing, is how do these like Jigsaw disciples also find out such personal details about everybody they come across. Right. They're like, one time you thought about doing this. How, motherfucker, how do you know they thought about it? Yeah. <laughs> how did you get that deep in their mind? Exactly. Like, Jigsaw it's does all this stuff. Like, he's like, you know, in the third one, like I said, where he's like torturing the guy for not being over his dead son. Like, what if the day that Jigsaw like started all this, because he kidnapped his wife also and all this other stuff. What if that was also the day that he woke up and he was like, you know what? I have to move on. Uh, my grieving is done. Right. Yeah. It's like, you and don't his know His wife's those. already kidnapped and shit. Like, 
Right. What would he do then? And like, he wouldn't know that. So he kidnaps the guy and he's like, you haven't got over your son's death. And he's like, nah, I did this morning, bro. <laughs> he's like, all right, well then you're free to go. He'd be like, this uh, is a wash. Oh, never mind then. And just yeah. releases everybody. <laughs> no game to play. We're done. Yeah. Like, what would even happen? He's you know? just like, oh, I guess game over. So, uh, yeah. What, what are you doing tonight? <laughs> it just becomes a completely different movie. <laughs> so, uh, you and your wife going to go on a date then? I think that'd be nice. Like, You're not taking her on a date? <laughs> You're back in the trap. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's just, oh my fucking God, dude. These Saw movies yeah, get ridiculous. Was, and I was talking to a friend about that. A more interesting movie would be just how he went about doing all of this. Like, how he went about stalking this. How does he plan these traps? Does he get into some of them himself to measure how the person's body's going to be? Like, like, how does he go about stalking people and keeping records of what they do and stuff like that. Uh, the meticulousness of making the tape recordings and what if you're recording and a car speeds by or something like that or a pop up, like you'd have to start all over. Like, I think it would be a hilarious video of somebody trying to like, of showing what he must've done to set up one, just one of the traps and anticipate all these different behaviors and stuff like that. Somebody right. <laughs> ought to do a video about just how hard that would be, how many days that would take. Like, I would love to see that because I bet they'd arrive to the cl conclusion that, uh, yeah, this is dumb, <laughs> you know, but it would be interesting to see all of that, you know. <laughs> that did like, remind me, though, of like, I, I just wonder going forward if they make any more of these movies. How are they going to do it? Is it going to be again where people are an apprentice of this guy? Because, I mean, he didn't die, but we already know who he is. You know what I mean? Well, I think that this guy just needs to go to some other city and start killing cops. And Chris Rock is just like, no, and keeps hunting him down. That's just what they need to make this series at this point. Do like four of these movies okay. of Chris Rock yeah. following this guy around the country. But like, I can, Yeah, I would watch that, actually. But it's one of those things like, what if like one of those things like, He's like, this is what you have to do. And then the person just goes, or what if I do this? And they just do something different and it just ruins the trap anyway. And he's just like, oh, yeah. shit. Like he gets outsmarted. <laughs> yeah. Like what if one of his, like, I like how like just also like none of his tracks ever like fuck up either. Like what if he's just like, you have to do, and then all of a sudden like the trap just goes off and kills the person. He's like, oh, oh. oops. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or like. Oh, or good. they would do one where, like, it's actually like a reverse where, you know, the killer thinks that they are trapping the victim, but then the victim knew ahead of time or something and traps the actual villain, you know? Do something crazy like that because I, that's I think they all that's really did left do to that do. that a few times, though, in the Saw movies because the person's like, you're going to do this. And he's like, then they're like, no, actually, I'm the other Saw apprentice. And then they escape the trap and, like, put them in the trap and shit. And I know that's happened at least once where somebody's like, no, I'm an apprentice too, and gets out and like kills them, like, and puts them in a trap. Ugh. So, like, yeah, I guess that's know, true. And he's always drugging these people and stuff like that. And sometimes you just don't know how the human body's going to react. I mean, was there ever a time exactly. where somebody's, where somebody seemed like they were coming to? 
And then he starts the recording or the bike comes out and it's like, let's play a game. And then they just <laughs> fade back out of it. You know, they just lose consciousness again. And he's like, damn it. I mean, do you grab that bike, put it back where it can be, where it can be remote controlled to roll out? Do you go back? Do you run all the way over to where this location is? Cause you could have been watching it from a camera <laughs> to set it all up again. Yeah. So that when she wakes up again, it can start again. Like, yeah, basically just the saw, like the outtakes of like trying to set up the traps. <laughs> exactly. Well, and like, that's the thing about this movie that's so crazy, though, is like, how did he know that guy was like, is it going to wake up two minutes right. before the train was going to get there? Yeah. Like, exactly. Also, what if somebody just has an allergic reaction to the medicine and they just die? <laughs> yeah. Like, he gives them the much. shot that's and true. they just. They just start going into anaphylaxis and die. Or like, yeah. what if they did like a weird like millennial version of it or whatever, whenever he's like, you haven't been living your life and now you know, and they just go, fuck it, kill me. Let's do this. And he's just like, what? what? He's like, nope. <laughs> no, it's too late. You can't stop the drive now. I'm going to die. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. What would he do? Would he just go, uh. And also, this is not how the game works. I'm also going to throw this out there, like Jigsaw, obsessing your life, uh, like, or basing the rest of your life on how other people live their life is also not healthy. It's not a healthy way of living your life. Right. He needs to jigsaw not himself. Living useless. Yes, I would agree with that. Because like he he tortures his own assistants with that shit too, like. You know, with like the girl Amanda from the first and second and third movies. Yeah. When he's all like, no, this was your other test. I'm like, damn, dude, you've put her like through four saw tests. Maybe your methods aren't working. <laughs> Why yeah. have I and watched then not to these? mention, And not to mention all the time it would take to train an apprentice and all of that stuff. I mean... Because then you got to coach them. What about when they have doubts and are thinking about not doing this? You got to kind of convince them to come back to the fold and whatnot. I mean, just the time that all of this would take. Whilst stalking somebody else, who whoever your victim or the person you're trying to uh, um, jigsaw make better. Or jigsaw, yeah, we just, yeah, the person you're trying to saw, you know, you got to follow them. You got this apprentice, you got to do this over here. But what about the other apprentices they and don't know gotta, about? Then you got to make traps too. And you got to test yeah. them. Yeah, time for all that. It shows that he's got like a lab where he like troubleshoots his traps and shit in some of the later movies. But then also, he's got like 57 apprentices by the time this franchise is over. And like none of them know about anyone else. It's like, what? Yeah, the like how fuck? does he have the time for that? Exactly. Is he spend like five minutes a day, like just with each apprentice or like texting them like, hey, uh, have you been reading your saw manual? <laughs> You're going to have a test on Friday. I mean, he would he would have like 50 phones. He would have like 15 iPhones, like 12 <laughs> galaxies. I mean, how many phones would this dude need to have? And also, he was dying. So it's like, how? How he had brain this? cancer. Yeah, all that wall stabbing brain cancer. Right. <laughs> yep. So you got to get treatments. You got to see the doctor. You got to because I mean, he would try to 
prolong his life because, you know, he's got these, these passion projects. He's trying to teach these apprentices. He's trying to build these traps. He's trying to jig people. So, I mean, <laughs> where does he find the time? <laughs> Busy man. Maybe we just don't realize that the Saw movies take place over like 57 years. <laughs> or something. I will say, though, that the, um, like the, the one in this, in Spiral, where the first one where he has like the thing on his tongue, that was really hard to watch. Like that was... There, most of these are super cringy, but for whatever reason, like that one really, there are certain ones from these movies that cringe me out. And that was definitely one of them. That was that worse than the guy getting his own fingers ripped off? To be fair, I kind of had to look away for most of that one because it was too hard to watch. <laughs> but you're right. No, I'm just saying like, it's just that it, they were all cringy, but like just the close-ups they did on the tongue and like, oh. It was it was all very cringy. Man, I haven't gotten off of Jigsaw's. How is he doing this? I mean, Dr. Octopus <laughs> couldn't do all this. <laughs> just, Dude, just you need to watch the rest it. of the franchise now just so you can <laughs> see how much more bonkers it gets. Like, you're basing it yeah. off a very limited knowledge of how bonkers it gets. There are five other Saw movies with Jigsaw you have not seen yet. Man. I mean, is the final okay. chapter the one that has, like, um, Chester from Linkin Park, right, where he's, like, in the car and he's stuck to the car? That one was that one was pretty cringy, too. But it gets bonkers, too. Like, even that, you're just like, okay. Like, how could you meticulously plan out that, like, you know, this car is going to ripple effect and do all these other things to kill these people, you know? Honestly, I don't even remember that one. Oh, you don't remember that one? I don't remember a lot about that movie outside <laughs> no, it's of, a terrible movie so yeah like i've got elements i remember but like the specific traps i don't i don't remember like that's the problem also is they throw so many traps out at you like after i think the fifth movie i don't remember too many of the traps like i remember like one here and there but i don't really yeah. remember the traps like i said i remember the one where like like we were talking about where the lady cut off her arm to lose the five pounds or whatever. I remember the one in front of the, the, the Macy's or whatever from the final chapter. I remember the one with the laser pointers that burn a, that guy's face off in jigsaw. And that's really all I remember. Yeah, no. And, and I think that speaks to your point too, of like, especially those last handful of saw movies, they run together because they're also not as, thought out and original in really a lot of what they do. And I think that's why they kind of tend to run together. And I forget a lot of times like, Oh, that was from this movie. I thought it might've been from this one. It's because they do all run together. Yeah, quite possibly. All right. I'm jigsawed the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm done now. On that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Sinless Slayer podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com or Facebook where we're Cinema Slayers Podcast or Twitter and Instagram where we are Cinema underscore Slayers. Shout out to Plug Migo for our theme song and Mundo Ochoa for our logos. Uh, give us a, you know, a five-star rating and review if at all possible, especially if you do think we are five stars. We'd greatly appreciate it and it really does help us out. Also, tell your family, tell your friends, 
tell your parents, siblings, children, and especially mothers, because nobody wants to hear more about Jigsaw than mothers. So definitely tell them about this. And as always, just remember, according to Chastin, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner. I think you did that for about 20 seconds. So I think that's a good solid minus 20 points. No! <laughs> oh. Yeah. I hope you're happy now, Justin. Do you feel no. good about that? Are you glad you did it? I won't stop believing in 500. That's another, another minus two. Stop. No. Okay. Yeah, I will totally breakfast club this shit. Okay, I'm done. <laughs>